You know that one? Wayne, I should have known you'd know that one. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30. In just a few moments, we're going to be celebrating Holy Communion together as a church family. So uh, I want you to... The Bible says uh, that when we, when we do that, that we need to do it in a worthily manner. Not flippantly. Uh, not silly, but do it very in a worthily manner. doesn't say you have to be worthy. None of us are worthy within ourselves. It says in a worthily manner. Very, a very uh, somber understanding the, the gravity of the moment. So we're going to be doing that here in just a few moments, uh, to celebrating Holy Communion together. We celebrate an open communion, meaning you do not have to be a member of Family Worship Center. The only thing we ask you to do is to be a member of the body of Christ. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we will welcome you. We encourage you to join us as we take of the Lord's Supper, celebrating His broken body and His shed blood. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 26. The prophet Isaiah gives a promise to the children of Israel at a very difficult time in their lives. They were a broken and bruised people, but God looked to the future and not to the past, even though they had messed up many times. And this is what he said, Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the day that the Lord binds up the bruise of his people and heals the stroke of their wound. If you're wounded today, if you're bruised today, if you come here today beat up by life, that's pretty not, uh, normal, that's common, we all go through that. But I want you to know the Lord wants you healed. He wants you well. All right? Last Sunday morning we talked about healing the wounds in our life. And this morning I want to talk about turning a wound into a scar through forgiveness. Turning a wound into a scar. Getting past the wound, and making it healed up. Yeah, you'll have scars, but the way you get that wound into a scar, one of the ways is through forgiveness. Last week we opened Pandora's box and realized that in life, in life, someone is going to break your heart. It's just going to happen. You're going to get done wrong eventually in life. Regardless of how spiritual you are or we are, someone will abandon or leave us. Whatever church or fellowship we choose to attend, eventually someone in that church is going to say something hurtful to us. Somebody might criticize you here or say something that offends you here. Well, you go across town, somebody over there knows you're coming and they're looking for somebody to offend. It's just life. That's the way life is. And regardless, regardless of how loyal and loving we try to be, someone is going to let us down. That's life. They're going to lie to us. They're going to stab us in the back. They're going to reject us. It's called life. And many of us want the answer to this question. And the answer to this question is, how can I prevent hurt or betrayal from happening in our life? That's what I hear all the time. Pastor, what can I do to keep this from happening again? What can I do to keep people from hurting me? What can I do to prevent 
putting myself in that situation where I'm constantly being knocked down. But the honest truth is this. That's not the appropriate question to ask. The question we should ask is how do I respond properly when hurt and betrayal occurs in my life? How do I respond? See, we want to keep it from happening, and that's not going to happen. The only way you can keep hurt from happening in life is to go to Mars or die. And Mars is not an option. All right? So that's not the correct question to ask. How can I keep from getting hurt? The correct question to ask is, how can I respond correctly, appropriately, and godly when hurt does happen in my life? Often when we experience a heartbreak because of someone's wrongful or uncaring action toward us, we put up walls. We put up walls or withdraw from community to to prevent that from happening again. Often when we experience hurt or betrayal, we exit life. We just give up. We, We get out. We exit jobs. I know people have quit jobs because somebody on the job hurt them. We exit friendships. How many, you, you, maybe you have left a friendship because someone said something or did something that hurt you. We're exiting life. We, are, we exit relationships. We exit churches. I can't tell you the number of people over the years that stopped going to church because somebody said something they didn't like or the pastor did something or wore something that they didn't like. We, we exit teams. We exit marriages. We exit peer groups and even our favorite place to shop. Every week I hear, well, I'm not going over there no more because they did this. To shop. Only because someone hurt us. We exit. That's not the appropriate action. If we don't deal correctly with our betrayal or our wrongful action toward us, it can turn into a wound in our life that infects our entire life. Being. Some of us nurse our wounds for years and use it as an excuse for our attitude and behavior. We nurse it for years and use it. It's our excuse for our attitude and behavior. Here's a good verse. You've heard it before if you've been around church world very long. Look with me at Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. It says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Notice it says when we get heartbroken and don't get healed up, it affects everything about our being. It affects us physically. It affects us emotionally. It affects us socially. It affects us financially. It affects our future. It affects our present. It affects even the way we look at our past. If we do not correctly and get healed up and whole from the hurts in our life. We've either personally experienced it or we've seen others forfeit their destiny, and dream because somebody did them wrong. Somebody did them wrong. When we experience a debilitating hurt or betrayal, it's imperative, it's imperative that we get that thing healed. When you get hurt and someone does you wrong, a red flag needs to go up and automatically say to you, this is Satan trying to take me out and create a wound in my life that's going to hinder my destiny. This is more than that person saying something. This is more than that person taking something. This is about my future. Satan wants to take me out. We need to understand that when wounds occur in our life, and they will occur, 
It's more than just that cut at the moment that Satan wants to do. He wants to destroy our future and to hinder God's plan for our life. And notice what the prophet said. He said in Isaiah 30, 26, The light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the day that the Lord binds up the bruise of His people and heals the stroke of their wound. The Lord tells us that bright days can return to our lives even after a heartbreaking defeat. That's what he's saying. He's saying, I know now you don't see it. All you see is darkness, gloom and doom, despair and agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. How many know that song? He says, I know that's all you think, but I want you to know there can come another day where the light of the moon will be brighter than the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will shine seven times brighter in your life than it's ever shined before. After a heartbreak, after a betrayal, after a defeat, after a hurt, God can still brighten, give you brighter days than you've ever experienced before. Now, last Sunday I shared with you There are situations that occur in our life from time to time, betrayal or hurt that is so damaging that the relationship cannot be fixed like it was before the crisis. Some things, here's something we need to understand, some things get broken and can never be put back the same. To have it the way it once was will never happen. And we need to understand that. Unfortunately, this is where we often get stuck. We live in the regret that things will never be the same and our life from here on will be less than best. That's where many of us live. Yeah, we go through heartbreak and we realize this thing is so bad, it can never be like it once was. And we get stuck in that regret. Many of us believe we are forever stained and, we, and the remainder of our life on earth must be lived with an emotional disability because of someone who left us or something we lost. And you need to understand, that's a deception of the enemy. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19 says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not see it or perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. See, the brokenness, the brokenness of our situation may have been so severe, your situation and my situation cannot be put back the same. But the Holy Spirit who hovered over the earth when the earth was without form and void and chaotic can also hover over your life and just like He did a formless and void earth, He created something beautiful. He can, Holy Spirit can hover over your brokenness and create something beautiful in your life all over again. 
And that's the hope we've got to have. And that's what the prophet Isaiah was saying. He's saying, you've been bruised, you've been wounded, you've been betrayed, you've been broken. People have done you wrong. They have taken things from you. You are the victim. But God says there's a new day coming. You've got to forget it. It'll look different. It'll be different. It might even be with different people in your life. But there's a new day coming. And if you'll open your eyes to it, God who covered over the chaos and the void of the beginning, of earth and made it beautiful today can make your life beautiful again. But you gotta you gotta do two things. You gotta forget the past and you gotta look toward God in the future. So how can I get this wound healed? We gotta choose we're gonna live with a wound or with scar. We're going to nurse this wound and use it as an excuse for our attitude or behavior, or we're gonna get it healed up and just have a scar. Just have a memory. We choose whether we'll be the victim or the victor. We choose. So how do we do it? Last week I shared this with you. Number one, stop picking at your wound. We replay the bad memories repeatedly in our minds. We talk about the event or the person repeatedly to anyone who will listen. We think of ways to get revenge. We for years poke and prod at our wound until our emotions and our spirit becomes infected with bitterness and a hard heart. Our wound will never heal if we continue to pick at it. Find a trusted, spiritually mature friend or counselor or family member or spiritual leader where you can pour your hurt and pain out to. And once you get the poison out, then the healing can begin. But don't talk to everybody about it. You're just picking at your wound. Another thing that occurs when we keep an open wound, we become contagious to other people in a bad way. I shared this with you. Talking about our hurt and offense to others infects others with our poison. When we listen to someone's story of being done wrong, and even though we have had no negative interaction with the accused guilty party, when we encounter them, we treat them differently because someone's poison has infected us. If somebody comes to me and poisons me with their poison about Angie... And even though Angie and I have had no negative interaction, the next time I hear Angie about Angie or see Angie, I've got to work through. I've got to get my filter to work through all this negative stuff that I've heard about her before I can treat her with common love and acceptance. You know, people have told you bad things or you've heard bad things about people and you see them in the grocery store. And the first thought that pops in your mind is not, I wonder what they're getting off their ground beef. Wonder what they're paying for their ground beef. First thing that pops in your mind is what those people said negative about them. See, if we keep an open wound, we have a tendency to poison other people in our lives. Look at Proverbs 18.8. I like it out of the message translation. The message translation says this. Listening to gossip is like eating a cheap candy. Do you really want junk like that in your belly? How can I get this wound healed? Stop picking at your wound. You say, but pastor, they did me wrong. Yeah, they did you wrong. We're not talking about a perceived, made up something. We're talking about where people really hurt you. It's a wound. It's reality. They shouldn't have done it, but they did it. You are the victim. They hurt you. But you can live that way the rest of your life and be a victim and live with an open wound. Or you can get healed up and go on. Stop picking at your wound. Number two, admit you're broke. Admit you're broke. 
God wants to heal our wounds, but we must let Him. And before we let Him, we must admit that we are broke. Denying our pain doesn't make our pain go away. Ah, it didn't bother me. Well, it did bother you. It's affected the way you're living. It's affecting your dream. It's affecting your attitude. It did bother you. And it's okay to admit that bothers me. Denying our pain is not a sign of strength. Denying our pain prohibits the healing power of Jesus to work something new in our life. So admit you're broke. Jesus showed his own disciples his scars. He admitted he had a bad day. It's okay to admit you have a bad day. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says, Jesus said, come to me all you are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. If you have a bad day, it's okay. If somebody's done you wrong, it's okay. Admit you're broke. God wants to heal you. All right? So stop picking at your wound. Admit your brokenness. And then here's the hard one. Determined to forgive. Determined determined to forgive. This is the step that trips us up more than any other. This one right here. I can admit that I'm broke. I can stop talking about it. But I got to forgive them. You don't know what they did to me. C.S. Lewis said this, Everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Forgiveness is like money. We want to get it, not give it. Understand that forgiving is not easy. It's not easy. In fact, extending forgiveness often requires denying our emotional feelings and walking totally by faith. And this is what's hard. I would pray and ask the Lord to help me forgive a person. This is what happened in my life. I would pray and ask the Lord to help me to forgive a person, but then I would see that person. Or someone would mention that person's name, and the painful feelings would surface all over again. And then the thought would invade my mind. Well, you really haven't forgiven them or you wouldn't be having those feelings. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Am I just talking to me? Am I preaching to me? Trying to get myself saved this morning? Yeah. People would do me wrong. They'd say something. And I'm going to tell you, they say stuff about your children now. I mean, you know... You know, we say this though. Well, you can talk about me, don't talk about your children. Don't talk about my children. You can talk about me, don't talk about my children. How many have ever said anything like that? Well, that ain't true. Don't talk about you either. You get just as mad if they talk about you. You get your feelings hurt if they talk about you as much as they talk about your children. In fact, it might be more hurtful about you because you know your children ain't right. You know it. You don't want to admit it. But if they become teenagers, you know the aliens have done suck their brains out. And you know you have no idea what they did when they left home yesterday morning. So we, 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 forgiving people is not easy. And sometimes you have to just deny your feelings. And I'd say, Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them for what they said. I forgive them what they did. I forgive them how they acted. I forgive them for how they treated me. And it wouldn't be a week later I'd see that person at the grocery store and those feelings. Negative feelings, the rehearsal of that event and the pain of it all surfaced again. And the thought would come, you hadn't forgiven them. If you'd forgiven them, you wouldn't have those feelings. 
Forgiveness and forgiving is not easy. It's not easy. Forgiveness is a decision of our will. Once that decision is made, it will take some time for our feelings and our emotions to catch up with our decision to forgive. Hear this. Once you make a decision, it's a decision of your will. I choose to forgive them whether I feel it or not. And this is where most of us get stuck. We think we haven't forgave until we feel forgiveness. Until we feel that love. Listen, there's some people that did Amanda and I wrong 10 years ago that I, when I think about them, I don't have no, I wish, I'd love to take them out to eat and see them. I hope they're doing great. I bet they are blessed. You say, well, you need to pray that they'll bless them. I pray that somebody will bless them. Bless them out. Bless them out. I, I, I pray, you know, I pray blessings over them. If I go by my feelings, I'm going to burn in hell. But I don't go by my feelings. I put my feelings underneath my feet. The only time I talk about my feelings is when I'm up here preaching to you. I made a decision to forgive them. It's a decision of my will. If somebody says, uh, uh, brings up somebody, I'll say, well, I'm just praying for them. God bless them. In Jesus' name. But I've, I made a decision. And it takes sometimes your, uh, some time before our feelings and our emotions catch up with our will. Because our feelings and our emotions have been wounded. They've been bruised. So if you're like I was until I learned this truth, that you think you're living in unforgiveness until you feel like going up and hugging them, you're wrong. You make a decision. I choose to forgive them. What do you mean I choose to forgive? I choose to release them from the offense toward me. They don't owe me anything. They don't owe me a speak. They don't owe me a smile. They don't owe me any money. They don't owe me anything. I choose to release them from the offense toward me. Now, when I see them or when somebody mentions them or when somebody mentions the instant that caused the pain in my life, it might surface. The pain might surface all over again. When I see them and, and, and they're being blessed and it seems like they're doing good and laughing and cut up and I have, I'm the one that have to deal with the pain of what they did, I might have those feelings that try to surface again, but that doesn't mean I have not forgiven them. It takes a while for our feelings to catch up with our will. Over the years when I've been injured or wrong, I knew as a Christian I was supposed to forgive, but forgiving is not easy. Let me show it to you. Look at Matthew chapter 18. Turn over to Matthew chapter 18 real quickly. My tongue's running out. Look at Matthew chapter 18 verse 21. I love this passage. Matthew 18:21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, "Lord, how often should I forgive someone who has sinned against me?" Seven times. Peter says, Can, "Should I forgive him seven times?" No. Jesus replied, Not seven times, but 70 times seven. Not seven times, but 70 times seven. Here's something that you and I must understand. Forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count. Shoot. 
It's not about keeping score. I'm a numbers person. I love numbers. I can tell you right now, I can tell my staff, my financial staff will tell you, all I get, I don't know who gives what, all I get is the numbers at the end of the, on Tuesday I'll get what our count was. And I can remember from last week what the, the deposit was, and I remember from last week what the payables were, and I can, fig- I can keep it figured up in my mind. I know about at any time within $1,000 how much money this church has. And Amanda will tell you and Shelly Griffin will tell you, I'll email them over and over again throughout the last several years and say, I think your count's off. Your count's off. Check your computer count. And sure enough, it'll come back. He was right. He was right. We told him wrong. We left this out. We told him wrong. I'm a numbers person. I'm a numbers person. And when it comes to forgiving, when I used to read this verse of Scripture, I would read this verse of Scripture and say, okay, he said not just seven times, 70 times seven. So really what he's saying is there is a limit to how long you've got to put up with this person. That's really what he's saying. How many times have you heard this? Uh, if somebody smites you on the cheek, turn your, turn your cheek. But don't say what to do after they hit you a second time. Just get rid of them after that. Take them out. You know, I, when he said 70 times 7, I interpreted that to mean there is a limit to how much you have to forgive this person. I mean, if they keep on, just, just don't deal. Just forget them. Don't forgive them anymore. And then I realized... It's not about keeping score. It's about losing count. Forgiveness is a way of life. See, some of you in marriages, you, you do this deal. You, you add one on top of the other. And you say, I forgive, I forgive. And then it gets to a point that the whole thing breaks down. And you say, but you've got this mountain of stuff. You know what you've done? You've kept score. And forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count. And I'm going to tell you, that's hard. That's hard. So the next time we get together, we're going to talk about what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. See, a lot of people think they can't forgive because they're all screwed up on forgiveness. They think forgiveness means you've got to rehire them. I'm firing your honey. I forgive you in Jesus' name, but you're gone. Forgiveness is not rehiring. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is not revenge. Listen to me. Revenge, justice, or punishment going their way never brings forgiveness my way. Do you hear me? Revenge, justice, or punishment going their way never brings forgiveness my way. Well, I'd feel better if they just had to pay for what they did for me or what they did to me. Listen, punishment going their way never brings forgiveness your way. 
And a lot of people don't understand that. That's the reason they can never sense the peace and joy of forgiveness because they are messed up on what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. So we'll talk about that next time. Stand with me, would you? If you came in this morning and, and uh, did not receive one of these communion elements uh, and would like to join us in partaking of Holy Communion, would you raise up your hand real quickly? Our ushers will want to, want to hand these out to you. We want everyone to receive your hand up real high. Once again, this is an open communion. You do not have to be a member of Family Worship Center. Now, if you've got this uh, packet, if you'll pull back the, the clear top and pull out the wafer. Everybody have the wafer out? This wafer that we hold in our hand is representative of the broken body of Jesus. His body was broken. Why? Because he was punished for my sin, your sin. The punishment that was due for me, he took it. Past, present, and future. Well, you don't know what I did. He knows what you did, and he's already paid the price for it. So let's thank Him for His broken body. Lord Jesus, we receive this wafer in remembrance of Your broken body. We take it in thanksgiving. By taking it, we say we believe in what You did and we're so thankful for what You did and we take part in what You did and we accept it into our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's partake of the wafer together. Now, if you'll pull back the other tab, real careful, the juice. Don't want it to get on you. This juice represents the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin. It'd be one thing just to eat the bread and say your sin's been paid for, but you've just then been a forgiven sinner. A lot of people think that's all they are, a forgiven sinner. Well, I'm an old sinner saved by grace. You're not a sinner. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has cleansed you and made you brand new. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You're a new creature. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So let's thank Him for His blood. Father, we thank You for the blood that was shed on the cross. Not only were stripes put on your back but blood was shed so that we not only can be forgiven but be regenerated redeemed reclaimed brand new the old man has passed away we're new creatures in Christ Jesus the old man is gone we're new and we thank you for that in Jesus name let's drink of the juice together
this in the wastebasket as you leave. If you're saying, Pastor, I'm struggling with forgiveness, we want to pray with you. It's okay if you are. I have. Ten years ago, Amanda and I had a a man that betrayed us and stole from us and ended up having to walk away from a, a very good position because I let him talk me into something that was not right. Preacher. And for two years, I couldn't get through it. How could, I, how could he do me that way? I, I, I blessed his marriage. He, he, he wouldn't even be in ministry if it wasn't for me. I, him and his wife couldn't have children. And they came to me and said, Pastor, pray for us. And we agreed in prayer. And all of a sudden, they had two beautiful boys. They, God used us to bless them, open doors for them in ministry. And then he betrayed me. Trail that was so bad that it affected my image as a leader because I made a decision to favor him and he was a, a deceptive man and I had to walk away start all over again and I struggled I struggled I laid it wake at night trying to figure it out oh I'm just trying to figure it out why would he do this See, a lot of us think if we can figure out the why, then we can forgive. It doesn't have anything to do with it. Sometimes when people do you wrong, they don't know why. They're under the influence of the enemy. They don't know why. And I had to make a decision. I forgive. I forgive. So I could go on. And maybe you're struggling. Maybe somebody has hurt you severely. Severely you're struggling with forgiveness. If that's you, we want to pray with you. We've been there. God can heal you and God give you a brand new day. Amen. If you're visiting with us today, we have a gift for you. Take that connection card you heard about at the beginning. Take it back under that exit sign in my left at the rear back there. There'll be somebody at a table. You turn in the connection card. We've got a gift for you. A gift, as Pastor Brian says, you will enjoy. I promise you, you will enjoy it. If you want prayer, we're going to be right up here at the front. Let me bless you. No evil shall befall you. No plague can come nigh you. This week, no accident or injury is going to come close to you because you're blessed of the Lord. The angels of God encamp about you. You're going to have favor with God and favor with man. The peace of God is going to rest upon you and your sleep is going to be sweet and your memory is going to be blessed. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless. Have a great week.